Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Modern Homesteading Podcast. I'm your host, Harold Thornbro, joined by... Go ahead, Rachel. I'll let you introduce yourself. I'm Rachel Jameson. All right. I usually just do that for you and take over and I'll just let you do it. <laughs> um, today, we're going to talk about uh, growing garlic because, well, it's that time of the year, isn't it? And um, uh, there's always a, a lot of interest in that. Uh, people who maybe have never grown it before, there's there's a little bit to know, but it's, it's a really easy crop to grow. It's fun to grow. Um, and it has a lot of benefits, which we'll talk about. But before we jump into all that, uh, what's been going on in your homestead, Rachel? Beans. <laughs> yeah. I have lots of beans. Yeah. Just, just picking and canning and. Yeah. What? I think these ones are going to, I talked to a friend yesterday and she said she has not had a good bean year. And I said, I have had a bumper bean year. How about uh, I give you some? <laughs> I, our, our regular uh, green beans didn't do good. Now I started, I grew those um, noodle beans this year too. Those That's really good. long noodle beans and yeah. they did great. I got tons of those, but I love those. I don't love them really? that much yeah the taste got a weird taste to me it's no they don't taste like green beans they're i mean it's just of, different you know do you think they're a little bit spicy no mine aren't spicy they just got oh. a they got a weird taste i don't i didn't care for them that much i mean it's the first year i've actually grew, grew them and i just i don't know I they did well though they're they grew like crazy yeah and, mine uh, are purple and yeah, mine are mine are green. Chinese noodle noodle beans, and they're a little bit. They have just a little bit of a spice to them. We okay, like they're just a different kind. Then, yeah, we like to cut them up and fry them in butter and garlic. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Really garlic goes that. great in beans. But yeah, I, I grew some uh, I grew some green beans in some pots. I did like some some uh, I, I have these big they're not even that big. They're like five gallon uh, planters. And I did like a, a three bamboo stick tripod coming okay. up out of it and i did some uh, pole beans some uh, kentucky uh pole beans in those okay. and those actually did pretty good but there just wasn't a lot of them i think i only did two right. pots and and so there wasn't a lot of them but they grew pretty good i just didn't plant a lot like that but the ones in the garden didn't do all that great but like i said the noodle gar the noodle beans did so yeah well that's was, a good idea for people that don't have a garden stick. yeah it, it worked really well it was the first year i did that because i just wanted some more you know i can never have enough stuff growing so you always gotta right, you know, right. add some extra seeds here let's put in that and i just put like five or six seeds around in a circle put those three uh bamboo uh like six foot bamboo poles up tied them in the at the top and it made a little tp and, and yeah they climbed tippy when they got crazy no, no. Uh, matter of fact, when I was doing the, uh, you probably seen, I mean, if you watch those videos I was doing in, in um, the homestead front porch, they were in the background right along okay. my walkway. You could see them back there, but um, yeah, they, they were, they were fun to, to grow, but that's the first time I ever did that. And it was a good idea for, yeah. for somebody who didn't have a lot of space. Yeah. I thought I was just an experiment to see how good they would do. And they did pretty good. Yeah. I have mine on the arch, but I, this next year, I think I'm going to start them earlier because it was supposed to shave my lettuce and um, yeah i did the same thing 
shaving my lettuce until now now they are well it's yeah mine grew kind of slow too and it was kind of too late to really shade out the lettuce i did the exact same thing that's funny um but yeah that so just beans and beans are you doing anything other than just canning them are you freezing some are you Right now I'm canning them. Um, I might try fermenting some. Oh yeah. Make, or doing like, uh, do you ever do like dilly beans? I do, but I'm the only one that likes anything. Dilly. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Other than dill pickles. I'm yeah. the only one that likes anything dilly. So I love dill. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And I like the pickled, the pickling, mm-hmm. but yeah. that and um, yeah, I think, oh, we, we expanded garden beds, but that was at my prep at the property. Yeah, added like maybe a thousand square feet. That's the other thing we did this week. So nice. Well, you sound like you were pretty busy. Uh, I didn't do a much gardening really. Uh, this week it was other homesteading stuff. Like I kind of consider anything that you're doing that's self-sufficient or self-reliant right. falls in the realm of homesteading. So I do a lot of, I do like our own car maintenance and stuff. So I had to put brakes okay. on our car and I've been oil change on my truck and, you know, I'm doing things like that. But I also, uh, we sell comfrey salve in an Etsy store and I was oh. needing to make a big batch of that. So I made a bunch of comfrey salve also and put that up and we're nice. sell some more of that. So did do that, but that was kind of like the last few days, what I've been doing as far as yeah. homesteading things. My husband does all of our maintenance, so I can't brag about it. He's the one that doesn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to me, it's part of homesteading. It's anything yeah. you're doing that's, yeah. you know, like I said, self-reliant. You're doing it, you know, and, and, and stuff. It, it's, it falls in that realm of homesteading to me. Yeah. Yep. And my, I've been doing my adventures in bread. I finally got a good rise. I seen you post that on uh, Facebook. That looked, I, re- I, I looked I like a real nice, nice group, loaf. Though, so I should put it in the group. I finally got it to rise. I, I, yeah. I don't know what I did any different other than from what I've read. It's that my starter is older now and more. Yeah. I've heard it does better as it gets a little more mature. Yeah. yeah it looked like a beautiful loaf of bread. It looked perfect. Really. It was pretty good. Like some artisan stuff. You my husband start to... made, uh, speaking of garlic again, my husband <laughs> made garlic toast out of it. So you guys but, use a lot of garlic then. We actually do eat a lot. Yeah. So have you planted yeah. your garlic yet? Let's just jump right into it. Have you planted your garlic yeah. yet this year? Uh, no. Ours goes in here around October 15th. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you're a little bit, uh, that's about when I put mine in, but I might be putting in a couple of weeks early. I probably could wait another week or two, but uh, really yeah. from what I understand, which uh, I mean, anything I studied, I've, you could do it here anytime from like the end of September to the end of October. And I think you could probably go a little earlier with that too, could. if you wanted just, to. Yeah. I play it by ear sometimes too. Like, um, we had some really cold nights, so I kind of suspect we might have an early frost this mm-hmm. year. Usually our first frost is September 30th. So if we end up, you know, being a little early, I might squeak it in early. It also depends on just everything else in life. You know, you get busy. Yeah, that's kind of how it is for me. I could probably get it in there now, but just right. too much going on. I'll wait about probably another two to three weeks and then probably yeah. think about putting it in. <laughs> uh, exactly. But, but yeah. yeah, it's something that it's that time of the year, you know, if people, you know, we get excited in the spring for planting, but you know, you got to get excited in the fall for planting garlic because it's the best time of grade. Now you can plant it in the spring. You just ain't going to get a very large um, Yeah, bulb. I did that the yeah. first couple of years and I also yeah. planted soft neck, which we'll get into later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to, we we're going to talk about that. I, sure. um, I didn't have good success, but yeah. and there's a reason good. for that. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yep. And um, we also plant scallions. Mm-hmm. 
Do you use, do you use those? No, I don't play in them, but yeah. Or I'm sorry. The scapes. All the shallots. shallots. Yeah, yeah. The, shallots we plant about the same time as we do the. Okay. Um, yeah. The yeah. Well, so. yeah, I mean, garlic is. It sounds like you're using a lot of it. And oh, we it's love a, it. It's a, yeah, we do. T- I mean, we, I mean, we, I don't do it probably as much as you uh, do with it as far as like recipes and things. I mean, mostly it's just adding a little flavor to dishes. You know, that's right. what we do yeah. with it here. It's, it's just, it's just another thing that we can give it a little flavoring and, and we do that a lot. So we, but I just love growing it. It's just, right. it's one of them plants. Oh, it, is fun. It, it just makes you feel like a really successful gardener. <laughs> and uh, yes. I mean, cause it's so easy. You just plop it in and then it's one of the first things you get in the next year. And it just, you feel good about it. You know, it's like, it just offers you something with some great flavor, something you can use in the kitchen, something that just looks great in your garden. And right. you feel like a re- it just adds a level of success to you. Uh, I love you, uh, it. And it's beautiful too. Like, yeah. um, depending on which variety you have, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's, I think it's really pretty. And I love to look out there and see the little green rose. And <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I thought we, you know, some people may not be familiar because I mean, there are, there's people on all levels, you know, that listen, right. that are interested in homesteading. There's some people who don't know anything about food, anything about growing things. They don't really understand the structure of garlic and what it exactly is. They see it in the store. They've never bought, you know, like they've never seen a garlic plant, maybe even. I don't know. There's right, people right. like that. I mean, I've talked to people that didn't know that tomatoes came off of a plant. They thought they'd come off of a tree one time. So, I mean, you get all kinds of people that just don't, they're not familiar oh, right. with food. Right. So, but there are, different parts of the garlic and we'll talk about garlic and different parts of it. So I guess we should probably explain what we're talking about, but the bulb is the part where we get our cloves from and you get, you tear off the little triangle looking cloves and, and so off of a bulb and, and that's the part that's in the ground. And then you have the scapes. Maybe you have scapes. Depends on what kind of garlic you grow. Yeah. If you got hard neck, you'll have scapes, but, uh, and then you got the bulb bill, which is where the seeds are. And we don't often see that it's, again, uh, hard neck. You'll see that. Um, but sometimes we don't let it go to seed fully, right. but, uh, yeah, those are just some breakdowns of kind of like the parts of the, of the garlic plant. And we'll talk about some different things there because scapes are really useful. I love yeah, using and the scapes. Is a part that like it goes up and it's green and it gets like this little curly. It'll get curl. And then once it curves right. downward, that's when you can pick it. And yeah, we can yeah. just talk about that a little bit more as we come to it too. But garlic's a really useful plant to have in your garden other than just food too. I mean, it's, it's actually, I mean, it's a great companion plant for some things. It actually has some purposes for like insect control and, and uh, things like that. So it's a good command companion yeah. plant in some instances, right, right. but there's some things it doesn't go well with also. And you have to think about it. Uh, it's a plant that's really pretty easy to store also in different ways. Uh, now you've told me there's some other ways, like you make uh, some things out of it that you store, but even yeah. just storing it as a whole bulb. I mean, it's, I should, relatively easy I should take pictures and put those in the homestead front porch you do need to do mind. that absolutely yeah. <laughs> but yeah but it is it's also something that has had lots of purposes i wrote a blog post a while back and i was just looking up random facts about about garlic and like i didn't know it was toxic to dogs and cats and evidently yeah. it is and i didn't know that <laughs> you know back when i wrote that post and and uh, that it's actually you can use it like in china they make glue out of it for like porcelain and glass really don't know how but yeah it's used for that oh, wow and then okay. there's a, there's a lot of people and i 
I've heard this as a myth and didn't know if there was any science to it or not, but then I actually found some, some, uh, you know, some actual documentation where they'd been done some studies on it and stuff about mosquito uh, eating uh, garlic and mosquitoes and how mosquitoes tend to will not bug you as bad if, uh, if you eat a lot of garlic. So I didn't know if I was any truth to that or not, but there actually has been some scientific studies done on that. I'm going to say there is because my husband does not love garlic as much as I love garlic. And And I literally will eat enough to sweat the smell of garlic. (laughs) I know maybe TMI for people, but I don't get bit by mosquitoes. I can sit next to him and they will just flock to him. Yep. And I, I don't well, get it. like I said, I ran across a couple studies where I found where they yeah. were actually doing some scientific research on that and found it there to be some truth in that. So I made you, you know, have to eat a, maybe a bunch of it for that to be true. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, evidently it can be used in that way too. So it's, it's got like these multiple benefits other than just, you know, culinary benefits, but it also has health benefits as well. I mean, oh, yeah. there's been a lot of uh, medicinal uh proof really uh this came out of eating garlic using it in medicinal ways like i ran across this uh, uh historical thing um about rush about world war ii and they were using they ran out of penicillin in russia and in, in britain and they were using garlic as a replacement for that as like an antibiotic and i thought that was pretty interesting yeah i have read that and i've also read that it can help like with mouth sores and really stuff like yeah that. that's so, like, yeah interesting you know, just actually chewing it or putting up which is whew, that would be strong just you know pop a clove of garlic in but yeah yeah i've read about that and um it actually can help with metals they've found that it helps with mesel metal well like removing heavy metals from your yeah, body like or, almost okay. like chelating it you know and yeah. um it's my antimicrobial and antibacterial mm-hmm. yep I, and um antifungal because i was reading I don't know about for humans, but I was reading that if you plant it near fruit trees. Really? See, that's a, a companion. Fungus. And I'm thinking yeah. to myself, I have yeah, my I apple did. tree problems. So. I have read that with some other stuff. It was, yeah. I wasn't looking at trees, but I was looking at some other plants and it was companion planting. And that's one of the benefits it had was the that uh, yeah. antifungal quality. So, so yeah, it's got lots of benefits. I was reading, um, I look up, there's a website that I always use and I can't um, it's a nutrition website that I use to look up my macro and micronutrition, mm-hmm. not just like of your major groups, but even down to like, I don't know, manganese and stuff like that. That's in things when we eat them and it has pretty for its size and amount, it's got a lot of B6 in it and, um, yeah. sulfides, which are supposed to help with so much, uh, immune system type stuff. Yeah. Well, it yeah. sounds like it's a really, I mean, all around, it's just a great plant to have in your diet for sure. I mean, I'm sure you could be too extreme <laughs> with anything, oh, yeah. but, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I would never claim that any plant is like a fix all of anything, but right. I think we yeah. eat enough quality foods and a variety of quality, quality foods, which garlic is one of, um, yeah, it can have great health benefits for sure. Yeah. It just yeah. tastes so yummy. I've even so heard it has okay like blood pressure. It. I've seen, I've read about blood pressure benefits too, because blood pressure is something I've struggled with before. And, okay. you know, it's just one of them foods that can help with blood pressure as well. Yeah. I was so. reading that it's a vasal dilator, which is, it opens mm-hmm. up your, yeah. your blood vessels. Yeah. 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 Well, that's a flow. Yeah, a which better, is yeah. why it helps with. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe it's the heat depends on how hot you got your, uh, what kind of variety you have maybe, huh? <laughs> Perhaps. Yeah. Um, I think Some that, of them are kind of spicy. Yeah, I've never. That's yeah. See, I don't know because I've never actually had a spicy 
like what I would consider a spicy garlic. I mean, to me, they've all been pretty similar. I mean, there's a definite difference between the, the soft necks and the hard necks that I bought. The, you know, the, right. the hard necks definitely have, um, they're a little bit stronger. Like yeah. we love our garlic, but we're not huge fans of like the super spicy garlic. Yeah. I grow a lot of elephant garlic, but I do grow the hard neck. Well, let's get that out of the way right now. What, what's the right. truth about elephant garlic? It's not actually a garlic. It's not actually garlic. It's, That's part, right. the, it's part of the allium family, but it's yeah. closely Closer related to a leak. To the leak. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. why you get the huge bulb. It's mm-hmm. because right. It's yeah. yeah. I, I, and, and, you know, and it does have a garlic, garlicky taste. I yeah, mean, I'm guessing they call it garlic because it has the cloves. It has, and the leak has just the one. Right. Yeah. And it's very similar, and and it's just large, yeah. and uh, but yeah, it's technically not not garlic, no, <laughs> which not. is yeah, it always throws people off when you throw that out there because people just think, oh, it's this big giant, you know, garlic right. you can grow, yeah, kind of. <laughs> it doesn't. It so doesn't it, really. It does is. lack in those health benefits we were talking about though, because it right. wouldn't have a lot of those qualities that true right. garlic it has. Right, it have similar to whatever a leek has probably right. or onion. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you love the taste and you love yep. what it can give you, but there are just certain qualities about it that aren't going to be the same as right. a true because garlic. Why I started growing the hard neck mm-hmm. after my experiments with soft neck didn't go so well. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. talk about that. Let's talk about the difference between soft neck and garlic and, and hard neck garlic. And, and I'll get it right this time. Yeah. Soft neck is the mild, <laughs> uh, more mild. You hear me for a garlic. loop there. What's that? I said, you threw me for a loop there. Yeah, I was trying to think. I was like, I'm getting confused here because I grow both here every year. Okay. And it, I was, I was trying to think, which one do Is I Is there put? a reason why you grow both? Because yeah. Well, no, because one of the qualities I like about soft neck is it stores longer. Okay. And and it braids easier, which is it does cool. braid because it braids to, easier and it stores longer. They don't have longer. to escape. You right. just get the long. It looks like a exactly. It's the it's the leaves kind of. It the, just the looks stick. like leaves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they braid nice, and which I like to do and store it because it looks pretty. It does. It looks cool hanging in your kitchen, and and it and it lasts longer than hard neck, and so we can grow the hard neck, which has more flavor, <laughs> and we can use it first. And then right. in the later months before we get to our next batch of garlic, we still have the soft neck. So, so I kind of grow them both for that reason. So do you plant your soft neck at the same time? Yeah. It doesn't require the cold necessarily. It doesn't, but it does. Much. It will It will benefit it, it the same way. You'll get that okay. real nice, uh, get that real nice bulb of garlic and actually get a bigger bulb of garlic than well, you do with hard you neck. Well, maybe me into some soft neck. I mean, <laughs> well, you can never have where you're neck. at. Uh, it's hard to grow soft neck because I know, yeah. soft neck is generally zone six through 10 Yep. or um, yeah. Soft neck is generally yeah. zone six to 10 and then hard neck is your Northern. It does well in cold weather. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. and I'm in zone six. Well, we're five B six a we're like around the border. Right. Yeah. So it, it, it'll grow here with some mulch. Like I'll mulch it really good. I think I could get away with it in a couple. If I'm careful about where I plant it, I have mm-hmm. a few microclimates. Yeah. You would have to pay attention and, and really kind of yeah. tend to it a little bit. Mulch it really, really good. Put it in yeah. a place where it's going to get plenty See, of sunlight. Up here, we plant ours like six inches deep because. Oh, really? See, I just might be like a couple inches deep here. Yeah. I just I barely know. push it in. But then I mulch it pretty heavily too. Well, and I think that's only for the soft neck the hard yeah. neck i don't have to plant that deep but right okay deep mulch it just protects it because when i didn't they were they I, they would just rot mm-hmm. over the winter because they yeah. get frozen maybe it, yeah okay yeah. that's that's yeah, interesting see i didn't even i don't even know anybody that tries to grow so soft neck that i 
figure I was at kind of like the limit where you really could grow soft neck outside, you know, in, well, in see, sort of I did it zones. because I was being thrifty because most people, mostly what you buy at the store is going to be the soft neck. Mm-hmm. So I had gone to the store and just bought those and planted them, not realizing yeah. this was like a nav, you know, when I didn't, it was my first couple of years growing garlic. Yeah. I bought I hard, the soft neck. I bought hard neck. I can't remember who I bought. I bought it online from one of the seed suppliers and, and it's been great. I can't remember the variety. It's a porcelain type. I do that all the time. <laughs> and I can't remember the variety exactly, but I got my, I actually got my uh, soft neck uh, from the farmer's market. Uh, I actually right. bought some garlic there in the spring and then I just saved some of it. And it's an artichoke style. There you got the silver skin and the artichoke. You got two different kinds of, of, of the uh, oh. soft necks and it's an artichoke style, which, you know, you get like your, your uh, cloves will kind of like double up on the artichoke style. Oh, You'll get like a sense. really gigantic and they call it like an artichoke. Cause it looks, it kind of like layers with the cloves okay. and um, it's that style, but I don't know what, variety it is either the other than it's an artichoke right. style but uh because i got it from the farmer's market but it's really good that's why i saved it i was like this is really good stuff i want to save some of these cloves to plant so it's it's really good so uh, but the the hard neck um varieties are of course they're really easy to grow uh they're like foolproof unless yeah. you have like it, unless you're soil, you know something weird like wet soil well i think or, if you're down yeah. south it's the opposite though i right. think if you're way down south because it's okay. a cold variety so Ooh. um if you're we're talking to people in georgia or alabama or florida or something florida, yeah they, like your last, they probably yeah. yeah they probably couldn't uh grow True. a soft neck variety because they need it to be cold or i mean a hard neck variety yeah. it needs that um that stratification that yep cold. right yep yeah it needs the it needs that cold uh period now you could because what you have to do if you if you're going to try that you can but you have to put it in a refrigerator or I've freezer. Done it before, but yeah yeah i've cold commitment. i've done it with seeds with some tree yeah. seeds and stuff to do that with and tried it um but there's some different kinds there's the porcelain there's the purple stripe um there's another one that's like a a bigger one i can't remember what it's called but uh but you know they're pretty uh like you said they're they're kind of like this for us in our zones they're really easy to grow. I mean, you just pop them in and they grow yeah. and you get these and you get, and I love that you get the scapes off of the, off the hard yeah. varieties. Cause those are great to cook with. And you know, you get those early spring and you can use those in your dishes and stuff in the early spring. And I really like doing that. I um, let some of my scapes go so I could get the bulbets. Okay. So you're planting them from seed. I'm going to be this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause not a lot of people it's, do it's that. A, it's a thrifty way to expand your hard neck. Yeah, or even my elephant garlic because they can, you know, it can get expensive to buy. Yeah, well, I just save back. I save back a few for right. and just take use the cloves. I never, right. I've never tried I'm trying planting to from build seed. my stash. <laughs> yeah, I've never tried to to plant them from seed. I always just use the cloves, and I just save a bunch of cloves and plop them in. Yeah. And um, but yeah, I uh, I read an article, and a matter of fact, I, I'm linking to it in the show notes um, of, of how to really do what are the benefits of growing from seed because there are some benefits in growing from yeah. seed like some of your finest garlic in the world is actually grown from seed that way they can it can stay true to itself and it can yes. you know it, there's actually a lot of benefits to it if you can if you're looking for the, like the right. highest quality of garlic well, um, that's actually quality, the best way well to and like for me like i said i just i don't have a huge garlic stash yet and mm-hmm. like elephant garlic <laughs> we, <laughs> that's uh, not 
air quotes for the podcast leaks mm-hmm. are actually um they're quite expensive to buy yeah so that's why i saved the bulbets and such from those and then my hard neck had them too and i thought oh i'll try if i'm going to be doing this why not try it so yeah yeah what kind of you don't know what kind of hard neck garlic you grow I don't. I did just order more. From, is it a, is it a purple by any chance? Is it the purple stripe yeah. or anything? Is it okay? Yeah. yeah and those are that's a that's a really common one. It's really good for like baking yeah. and stuff. And it yeah. kind of has those uh, the streaks, those purple streaks yeah, on it. Really yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice. It's almost like variegated leaves, like the mm-hmm. outside of it, anyways. When you yeah. open them up, they look just like regular garlic. But yeah, mine's the porcelain. It's uh, just it's got a little bit bigger cloves. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it's got a it's really strong though. It's really more. strong tasting. Is it? I ordered yeah. more too, which it should be here soon. Um, I ordered from, I think it was Urban Farmer. Okay, yeah, you was telling me about that the other day. Yeah, I the, ordered some more of the hard neck. Yeah, pretty much. If you're in zones three through seven, you'll want to stick right. to a hard neck mostly. If you're wanting yeah. the surest success, you'll want to grow a hard neck variety. If you're in zone six through ten, soft neck garlic varieties or i was reading an article about um growing it inside yeah you can grow it inside again there's there's really no limits to growing anything if you want to put enough work into it (laughs) i mean like i say you can grow bananas in michigan if you want like somebody wanted to grow a soft neck in an apartment building they could put them in a planter absolutely absolutely now it wants really good drainage. You don't have a problem with that because you got pretty sandy soil there. I do not. So <laughs> garlic should do great there, but it also likes neutral soil. And that's, you have yeah. a more acidic soil there, right? I do. Um, well, it shouldn't be too bad now. We've amended yeah. it enough. At yeah. my garden place, at our new property, yes, we have probably have some acidic. Yeah. And, and it does like it more neutral and it likes it rich. Lots of compost. Like I, when I plant it, I will mix in a ton. I'll just take my hands and kind of work in a whole bunch of compost right before I plant it. And uh, that'll give it that real good boost because it is a heavy feeder for sure. I, you know, I didn't realize that until the last two years. Mm -hmm. In these last two years, I've had the best garlic and it's because I've heavily amended it with compost. Yep. Yep. It does. It does like that. It's one of them. And that will also help with your drainage and it'll help with your, um, uh, It'll actually help with your soil uh, uh, pH as well by adding in a lot of compost. Yep. Um, so it kind of will work that soil all the way around. Um, and it likes full sun. Don't put it in the shade. It won't grow good. Right. <laughs> it loves full sun. Yeah. Mine, wherever I have mine right now is full sun. I was thinking about the whole fruit tree thing and I'm like, well, oh, I, I, I was getting ready to say, I've used it as a companion plant and put it around some things before just for an experiment for bug control right? and things like that. And uh, it grew. It just doesn't, it doesn't grow as big of a bulb for sure. Okay. It doesn't, well, if you're looking for a crop that, I mean, it'll definitely grow and it'll definitely put off the scent and it'll do the thing. But if you're looking for gigantic bulbs to get the highest quality and the most cloves, yeah, full sun's what it wants. Okay. So if you're planting it for the prop, the beneficial properties to other plants, you lose out you on You can that. plant it. Yeah, you could plant it. You probably uh, just, just lose out on the, the more edible, nice sized bulbs. Yeah, right. So. And if you're, but yeah, there's, there's purposes for it other than, like I said, that, that and you right. can just use it more for the, for the pest control. Um, cause it is a great companion plant. You're mentioning trees, but it's, it's really right. good around tomatoes. Like that's cause my brain is on, I got to get yeah. my orchard protected before and, I get frost. So yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it, like I said, you mentioned the fungal control 
And I mentioned the pest control and it plays a part in a whole bunch of of other plants that struggle with those things. Like tomatoes often have fungal issues. So putting garlic near tomatoes can help with the fungal issues and, and peppers as well. And, and the pest on the pest side of things, it's more like cabbage and brassicas and things like that. Um, for potatoes, it's the pest and the fungal control because it does both around. It does well with those also. Well, but, it helps with cabbage. I don't know if it's cabbage. It's cabbage lappers. Yeah, it, it's not so much like the cabbage worms or the yeah. those. I never noticed it making a difference for those. Nothing stops those other than just some row cover, so. <laughs> a row cover that keeps them from actually being able to land on it. It's about the only thing that stops that. But and we have that's a big thing here. Like you can walk out in my garden right now and see those little white butterflies flying all over oh, the place. Yep. They're just thick out there. They are, and I I should have just left my cabbage covered. <laughs> I should have too. I should have covered after I picked the the big cabbage heads. I should have covered it back up. Yeah. Uh, because it's worthless now. I told you about all them little heads. It's it's popping up. Yeah, they're there, oh, but no. they're so riveted with holes, and they're just. That's what's happened to mine, yep. and I, I have all the cute little butterflies. I might as well. Mouse. I might as well yeah. just pull it out because it's done. And I had I, mine I covered. It. I had mine covered, and I don't know why I uncovered it. I think <laughs> I was worried about moisture because it's been humid. Yeah. Um. I, I, and I've even thought about this is a little off topic, but I've thought about um for next year getting the netting uh so when i pull the row cover off in the cooler weather i can cover it back with the netting which would keep them off as well and that way still get good airflow and it'll let out the humidity and things but yet it'll keep the bugs off and just use the netting because they have that row cover netting that you can use for that it's a real fine mesh netting so i think i'm going to get some of that for next year that is a good idea well i was also reading deer and rabbits and i don't know about you but i have problems with not so much rabbits because we have a fox around, but oh, you mean the garlic for garlic? Yeah, it keeps away deer and rabbits. Okay, I you know what I've done for uh, rabbits in the past, and it, it isn't doesn't seem to be a problem this year. But I did have some rabbit pressure uh, when I had the garden beds in the backyard. They would actually jump up in those raised beds, and they were pretty high raised beds, but they get up in there. And uh, I took and made a uh, uh, hot pepper spray. Oh, yeah. And sprayed around on everything. And then that, that too. they would nibble on it and they didn't like it. And they, yeah, they don't. We yeah. did that too. I did that actually to all my trees. Yeah. I take like jalapenos out and at stuff. our property because yeah. um, we were coming when we would go out to the property, the leaves would I'd, all be nibbled on. <laughs> I bet if you'd done like a combo of garlic and hot pepper and sprayed that on there, I bet that would work because then you could yeah. maybe get benefit from maybe some of the uh, antifungal properties of garlic which would which would be an extra little bonus to the to the yeah i think i'm gonna do that and i might just try growing a little bit of garlic yeah i kind of interplant it around i mean i always have the beds but then i will plop like a few plants here and there Uh, actually what i generally do is i'll plant some actually in the spring and like that's why i was saying you can plant in the spring but you're not going to get a big old bulb but i do it more for the pest control Yeah, i was thinking maybe i would plant the soft neck in the spring yeah, you could. I mean, you could plant them both. I'm just not, not going to get a bunch a of a bulb, bulb, but that's okay. But because I mean, soft neck does for... a bigger bulb, maybe it would produce enough to yeah. use. I don't know. I always use the hard neck because I always got more of that. But uh, yeah, I, was I mean, thinking if I'm using it as a pest management or fungal mm-hmm. management, I mean, you can get soft neck relatively frugally if you get it at the store. So mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. I said, I, I bought some at the farmers market in the spring and just saved it. Um, all year and yeah and i think i'm gonna have to go to the farmer's market or to our we have a local organic store that buys a lot of stuff from local 
a lot of, yeah, you have to go to an organic store because if you buy, yes. you can, you can use, that's something we should probably mention. Right. Yeah. Can, can you just take garlic from the store and use it? Maybe, maybe just not. Spray it to yeah, you're kind of, yeah. Sometimes they like to spray it with the inhibitor and it keeps from sprouting. Yeah. So not all though, it's kind of 50, 50. It's like, sometimes you'll get stuff that'll grow and sometimes you get stuff that won't. Yep. Um, I've found, I've tried it in the past and, and I did get some to produce heads and then you get some that never yeah. pops up. So uh, you just don't know what you're getting there. Yeah, they do that with the garlic, and I think they do that with potatoes too. They yeah, to kill the eyes. Yeah, they do that with a few yeah. things. I think. Yeah. Um, so, so you, but yeah, I would probably go. I would go to our local organic store, which is what I did before. Mm-hmm. And um, that's actually how I started my ginger plants too. Really? I went yeah, to the organic you, store and bought organic yeah. ginger and yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people who grow like their beans like that. They'll go to a store like that and, but you know, like the, they'll have like the beans in the bag you scoop out and they'll get all their beans like I've that, never thought about that and plant yeah. their beans like that. Cause it's so much cheaper than buying seed and they'll just plant it like that and it works wow. and they have a pretty good, pretty good turnout from it. So um, speaking of beans, there are some things that you're, you shouldn't plant garlic near beans are one of them <laughs> believe it or not and they taste so good when you cook them together <laughs> yeah they exactly but there there are the, companion planting is such a funny thing because there's people who say there's no science behind it and there's people that will argue with you about right. certain things and but experience is kind of what i go by you know and it's not even my experience i, I look to the experience of of gardeners who do have been doing it for decades and they'll tell you a lot of them will tell you there's these certain things you can plant garlic next to and there's certain things you shouldn't and one of those is beans asparagus uh, sage strawberries uh, is one actually leeks which is weird because it's in that family onions but you're trying to avoid that family uh planting next to things interesting because i did plant my leeks <laughs> my garlic elephant garlic which yeah. is i planted those together with my garlic but see again that not well, yeah that, and who knows that might be something that it would there's they not they're fine, not exactly maybe i should separate them and they're see not the happens. same as leeks so maybe it won't hurt them maybe um, i should separate them and see what but happens. i've heard leeks are on that list and also uh, uh, onions also uh you shouldn't plant them near onions which is weird because they're both they're the you know, related they're, again, but there's yeah. some, there's some things there that can stunt the growth of other plants like that, uh, of familiar plants. And parsley I heard is one that you don't want to plant near. Um, hmm. so yeah, there's some things like that, uh, that it doesn't do great. I normally with, supposedly. Do, I have, I normally haven't done a lot of companion planting, but I've kind of started to just to help with pests and yeah, I think a lot about yeah. it because I'm always trying to, even from the first time I planted a garden and I wasn't really thinking about other useful plants, I was still plopping in like marigolds everywhere oh, because, yeah. you know, they're supposed to be a, something that keeps pests away and things. So, I mean, even they when do, I didn't know, yeah. even when I didn't have a clue what I was doing, I heard that. So I'm plopping those things everywhere in my garden. My, you mother, know? And, my so, mother and father-in-law always had marigolds yeah. everywhere. Gardeners have always done it. And it's like, yep. I just, I knew that. So it's something I always putting in there, which is companion planting. So it was like the, the first experiments I ever done with companion planting. And, and I've tried to, there's some good books out there on companion. There are some that have a scientific approach um, that, that, that are probably more accurate, but I don't discount uh, people who just have experience with it. You know, some no, people just say, never. I don't know the scientific reasons. All I know is when I plant these two things together, neither one do good, you know? And I, I listen to that, you know, because if I don't have to plant them together, why take the chance? 
is the way I see it. You know, right. it, they, they, people have experience with things, you know, just cause they've tried it and for years and, and they learn and maybe they don't know the scientific reason and that's fine. You know, they just know it doesn't work or does work great. You know, um, it's like the people who like garlic with tomatoes. I mean, there's some science behind that. You got the antifungal properties and the pest control, yeah. you know, and, being tomatoes or something. Well, that, I mean, there's so many of those old, like the farmer's almanac has a lot yeah. of those old, like far, yep. farmer tales or wives tales, but now we're finding out, oh, there was something behind that. Yeah. Yeah. Now scientifically, you know, like don't plant, yeah. you know, just all these little tips that the well, farmers it's, always It's worth figuring them. out now because we got yeah. these universities that can go get like a $3 million grant to <laughs> learn if you should grow yeah. garlics next to leeks or something, you know, <laughs> um, oh, you know waste those tax that. dollars. Yeah. I, just gonna say, please don't. <laughs> I did. Oh. That was the funny thing is I did find a couple of, uh, there was one, I can't remember where it was. Oh, it was on, um, I have it on my, up on, it was a publication that one of the universities put out on mm-hmm. the diseases of garlic. So, Oh, really? The yeah. ones that the garlic actually struggle with. Yeah, which well, I was surprised. One of them was downy mildew, which I have really I've never had an summer. issue with that. Yeah. I haven't either. You would think like, it's with its own antifungal properties that it would prevent that. It was See, that's something I didn't ever because heard. yeah. I've had it all summer. Well, not all summer, but I don't know if I've struggled with it with my cucumbers and my squash, but it never went to my yeah, I've never, my I've never had an issue with it. Ago, so I've never yeah. had an issue with it either. Yeah, I've had the downy pil- a powdery mildew on, on a few things. I've never had it spread to garlic before. Yeah. I've never had any disease in my garlic. Yeah, I haven't Not either. Having, so I didn't know. No I've never heard of it. Yeah. I've now never we got to. I've never had a pest. <laughs> I've never had a disease, but apparently there's a couple of the, the only crops. thing, the only thing I could say that you will have an issue. I've, that I planted at one place that didn't have good drainage one time and it basically rotted in the soil um, because it didn't have good drainage. Uh, But with that would have probably killed any plant, you know? So that was the only issue. And that was actually right off of the, like next to a downspout off my house and a little side garden next to my house. And so it was just getting way too much water Yeah, and it just wasn't getting it away from it enough. And it basically just drowned it (laughs) and uh, it, it looked rotten. When I pulled it up, it just looked like it was just rotten. You know, so yeah, I mean, there's supposedly some diseases, and I'm I'm guessing um, we've just been fortunate to not have them. Yeah, but most of them are funguses, which is interesting considering it's an antifungal. Yeah, yeah. see, I haven't uh, <laughs> I hadn't heard that. That's interesting. Well, so there's things that you may consider planting it next to, things you may not want to plant it next to. Uh, you can do your own experiments on that. I won't lay any claims to any of that other than what you find on the internet from other people who are gardeners. Uh, but what you do want is when you start putting in your garlic beds is you want to get your soil right. And yeah. seeing as it's that time of the year to do that, uh, you done said you put down a lot of compost or work in some compost. I do the same thing. Yeah, I, put in I, compost. I did when I pulled mine. So I actually planted a cover crop over it for right mm. now. I did that. Um, I actually did that quite a while ago. Oh, after so. you planted the garlic, you mixed in cover crop over. The- no, after I pulled oh. it, right after oh, okay. I pulled it, oh, I, okay. I got you. Did that, yeah. and um, I'll probably cut that down and then put a bunch of compost on when I plant. Yeah, garlic. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, that's all I really do too. Is I make sure it's loose. I make sure the soil is good and, and loose. Right. Um, uh, and then I uh, I don't till it, but, but I just make sure it's good and worked. And then I put down a lot of compost and kind of work that in a little bit. 
make sure all the weeds are out. And then I just start plopping it in. You're saying you're planting your soft neck like five, six inches deep. Uh, I plant all my garlic just like an inch or two deep. I mean, I'm just barely under the soil. My hard neck, I... It's just under. Just yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and in case never, we're talking to people who've never planted it before, they got like a little, they got a point on one end yeah. and a flat side. And that's the root, the flat parts yeah. where the roots come out. You so that to- part's down, the pointy end goes up. Yeah. Uh, it'd be real easy to turn those upside down, thinking the point, like pushing it in or something. But yeah, you got to make yeah. sure you get it in the right and way. I plant mine pretty close together. I but- go about four inches, three to four inches. Yeah. Cl- that's that- about, and my rows are like nuts. I don't know, eight to nine inches apart. And yeah. 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 I do the same thing. I pack it in there. Actually, I offset it so I can even pack in more. I uh, will alternate it, offset oh, okay. a little bit instead of going like straight. The, I kind of offset comb. it. That yeah. way you can bring them a little closer together. The bulbs got room to grow and they'll pack in there pretty good that way. And I'll yeah, do that. It just looks so pretty when you have it all like, and they don't need all that space. So. Yeah. They'll kind of push out and they'll all, but yeah. like when I grow them four inches apart, they're almost touching. Especially your soft yeah, neck. Yeah, I don't know. My so, neck you're actually your, your soft neck, you probably want to go five or six inches. I was say mine's six. Those can get really big. I do mine at about six. So when yeah, you said yeah. Four, you, I was like, wow. A hard neck. And I my about elephant four. garlic, yeah. of course, gets. Yeah, you probably want about eight inches or so with that. Yeah, those I, I plant further apart. But this isn't a leak episode. This is a garlic episode. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They call it garlic when you. I know. I know. I've just had that argument with somebody one time. He's like, they call it garlic. It's garlic. And I'm I like, know. yeah, technically. Technically, it's. <laughs> but uh, when yeah. When you go to order it. Yeah, it's in the same in. place as garlic. Yeah, you'll order it yeah. out the same section. So you're right. And you do um, plant it at the same time. So the question is, do you? Hey, plant if it looks like garlic and tastes like garlic, it's garlic, right? I'm with you. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's real easy to plant. It's fun to plant. It's easy to plant. It you don't have to do any kind of poking holes or anything. You just press it down in the soil. And uh, yeah, it's really especially easy. if your soil's nice and loose. Now I've never planted it from seed, so I can't tell you much about that i haven't either i'll tell you next year okay now like i said i've got a link i'll put a link in the show notes of of a article you can read on planting seed and it'll probably give you a lot more detail on that but it's something i've never done so i'm not really going to go there um but i would imagine i mean in general seeds are usually twice the depth of the size of the seed and on most things. So I don't know. I don't know of how deep you should go with garlic seed. I don't know how fast it grows or when you should even plant it. I'm not even sure. I just don't even know how it works. Well, are you you're talking seed and not the bulbet? Well, right. you get the seeds out of the bulbil ball bill. You know, you can right. plant the whole ball bill if you want, but there's a bunch yeah. of seeds in there. Because um, I my little ball bills I read, I'm supposed to plant them at the same time. So I just put the, you're putting her. the whole ball bill in the ground. I could be wrong. Well, the little bulba, so yeah, the, it grows off the bottom of that little tiny ball bill. Oh, yep. That's what I'm planting. The yeah. Time. But there's two years though, to get to the normal size. But I think technically there's a bunch of seeds in there, right? I don't know. I think so. I but don't know. Grows, so the hard neck scape. We're, we're, people are losing all confidence in us right now. Know, we're talking, we don't even have a clue what we're talking we about. We went down, we went down a rabbit hole that we <laughs> have something we have no idea about, right? It gives us a podcast to talk about in 20 You know what? I'm, I'm, I've kicked up that article that I told you I was going to link in, and there are several seeds in that bowl. It almost looks like you, you ever pulled the, the onion seeds out of onion flour. Okay, yep. They look just like that. They're little black wow. seeds um, that are in there. And uh, so I'm looking at a picture of it. And yep, they're just little black seeds, like an onion seed. They look like almost just like an onion seed, actually. Yeah, no, 
I'll have to talk. We'll have to do a podcast next year after I did it. <laughs> Get a little more detail on it. So that is the truth. But yeah. So anyway, that article should tell you what you want to know if you want to dive into that. I think it's pretty easy just to plant the cloves it and uh, go with that route. You know, it's, just, it's the usual way you do it. Um, but you can definitely take it to a whole nother level like you like to do. And sometimes I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's the experimenting that you start to do as a gardener. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is fun. It is fun to see what you can do with, with stuff. Um, so when should you plant garlic? This is kind of a big question. Everybody's like, okay, should that I be planting garlic right now live. or not? What's yeah. that? Depends on where you live. It does. So I'm just kind of, here's a chart I've got right here. That we kind of work down through the, 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 the zones. Um, for hard neck varieties, if you're in the three to five zone, now you're what are your what zone are you three uh, five A? I'm five. Oh, uh, one of them were four B, and the other one were like five A, five B. Okay. Yep. See, according to this chart, late August to late September, you're telling me you don't yeah. plant until October. I know. So you're planting kind of late, technically. I, I guess I maybe. Probably, I wonder if I'm you thinking- get bigger. I wonder if you get bigger bulbs if you planted a little bit earlier. So you're telling me I should go plant my garlic. This I think you should, as soon as this podcast is over, you need to run outside and start planting your garlic. <laughs> but, well, maybe I should. Maybe but I if should. that's the case, then I should too, because for zone six through seven, for hard neck and soft neck, late September to late October. So I'm, I'm really a couple wow. weeks away, technically, from when I should be planting. Um, so we both technically could. Yeah. Yeah. You should probably be planting right about now. Me, I could wait a couple Which weeks. is interesting because my mentor actually, he might be, he plants October 15th mm-hmm. and he, like he buys and sells garlic. Like, And you, you got to consider, garlic. you know, yeah. this is like general zones and you got to think about you're off yep. of a lake. There's different microclimates. Yeah. There's a lot of things that can play into that, but I think this is a general rule. Well, uh, I might, I might experiment five. and plant some a bed just to see if I, if it does better. I, I bet, I honestly think if you're going to do a soft neck variety, I bet it might do better because it would have more time to get those I bigger just plant a bed full bulbs. of my hard neck and soft neck and say, this is the one Harold made me do. And then <laughs> experimental bed. We'll just call it I'll that. I'll plant the other. Uh, hey, I'm reading the one. chart. That's all. I know. <laughs> I'll plant um, the other one and, and see like at the normal time and see if I get bigger bulbs. Now this year yeah. I did get decent bulbs, but. If I got even bigger, I would be really happy. Yeah, it sounds like you and I plant about the same time, and I'm, a, you know, quite know. a bit different on zones. So I'm a little surprised you wait that late um, to plant, honestly. Yeah. So, but you, you, you know your area. So, it, like I said, it could just be a micro climate zone off the lake there and give you a different effect that makes yeah. it grow a little different in that area. I just usually wait till the leaves have turned a little bit more, and mm-hmm. we don't have any leaves turning yet. Really? So. Up there already? Not nothing yet. You're just well, a we do it few our weeks away. Okay. We do it our property. We have lots of trees changing, but not in town. Okay. We have the lake with Big Lake, Michigan. It really does kind of, we have grow zones here, but it really just depends on what temperature Lake Michigan is. Right. Yeah. It can, it can change drastically for sure. It changes it a lot from year to yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on down through the chart that may or may not be right, because it seems like you're not holding to it. And maybe I am not. Um, soft neck varieties for those in zones uh, eight and nine sh- should be planted in November. Um, and then if you're wow. in zones ten, nine or 10, December, that's crazy to me. And what but- <laughs> zone was um, 
I can't remember his name. You did a podcast you posted last night. Uh, yes, uh, Cannon Kirby. Uh, we just posted up, and he he is in Florida, so I think he'd be zone nine. He sounds like he's way down south. Florida. He's central Florida, I think. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he'd probably be playing yeah. in November. I have to ask him that. So when do you play your ball game down there? Yeah, just hearing him talk about things and how how different the the garden is well, down there. Fruit bananas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's talking about the fruit trees and stuff, and I'm like, right. Yeah, so definitely, crazy. you want soft neck if you're growing. Yes, you want there. you you probably be really hard to grow you'd have to definitely take extra steps like um doing your cold stratification and stuff uh for your for your uh, hard neck if you were going to do that because you you know they require so much chill hour is i think the word you were looking for earlier chill hours for for the vernalization is what it's called um, if we're going to get technical about it but yeah you have to they have to have so much cold the hard neck varieties do to grow uh so yeah uh, but that's if you're going to plant plant According to those zones, we'll get you roughly right. in the right time zone. You could probably vary a couple of weeks either way but on for that. For sure, now's the time to go buy some and secure your garlic. Yes, yes, uh, for sure. Well, depending on where you're at, exactly. I mean, if you're down south, you got till December, I guess. <laughs> but it might get hard to find. Also, a lot of seed companies, if you're trying to buy it online yeah. or whatever, it actually could get hard to find if you waited too long to get some. That happens to me this year with potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I did the same thing this year with potatoes. I ended up having to buy some that I don't normally, which I had a horrible year with potatoes uh, because I was buying varieties I didn't really know anything about because it's all they had left locally. Yep. And I, I went and bought them locally. locally and I, I, I liked that I spent my money locally, but I wasn't yeah. thrilled with the fact that they weren't uh, organic. They definitely were conventional. I, I actually potatoes, ended up getting but, mine yeah. from a rural king. And yeah, they got the yep. big bins there, and it just they weren't great varieties left because even those were almost empty. And I, right, just, yeah. I was waiting, I waited way too long, but I sure. had a great, spectacular you potato. did. I've seen your harvest uh, pictures oh of your word. harvest, it looked great. And mine, not so much, even the ones I planted in ground weren't great. They did better than those ones I did in the grow bags, but still not great. Not it, mm-hmm. it was probably the worst year I've had with, uh, my, with potatoes. Um, my raised uh tub garden didn't do great, but the soil out there is very different than here it's got a lot more clay in it yeah i almost wonder if i didn't overwater because i was doing a lot of watering because we wouldn't have any rain oh. and i almost wonder if i didn't overwater my potatoes a lot because yeah. it seemed like and maybe my and honestly somebody mentioned this too because i well we're rabbit holing everywhere here i'm just going wherever but uh but uh i had these really great looking plants the plants looked fantastic oh. and i didn't have a lot of potatoes big potatoes and somebody said you got pretty nitrogen rich soil and i'm like yeah i do because i had a lot of i got some pretty rich compost and i'm putting down a lot of i got a lot of companion stuff that's you know a lot of stuff that's feeding the soil uh, a lot of nitrogen i'm dumping manure on there from rabbits i might have had too much nitrogen and it actually made those plants so i ended up with a lot more foliage and it was putting all that energy into the foliage and not into the potato so that's a possibility i might have to be a little more uh, aware of that in the future that might have been the issue well, I know mine was my clay soil because they, it just, yeah, it was yeah. pretty hard packed down in there. There's always but, so many um, things to consider. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so we, you were talking, so once you plant it, that's one of the things that's the easy part about garlic to me, you kind of plant it and forget it. Well, kind of. Yeah. But I always mulch it really heavily too. Right. Yeah. Just to kind of give it a little protection. So I'll do that. I'll plant it and and sometimes I'll even let it start because you'll see a little like you might see a little bit pop up. 
and then I'll start covering it. But unless it's too late and you're already starting to get some good frost or something, I might already covered it up. But here, usually it's not too bad by that time. But yeah, we'll put it, in, I'll put it on a pretty good layer of mulch, like straw or yeah. wood chips or whatever. Usually straw. I've used both straws yeah. and wood chips. Yeah, we'll kind of use both here too. So, but just get a good layer of mulch on it because you don't, if you do end up with a really, really cold winter, which you always do, um, a nice layer of mulches <laughs> will help protect it. Well, cold is relative. We keep saying we haven't had a good winter. All the people that are from here are like, we haven't had a good winter in a while. Our winters have been very mild for like the last five or six years. But Our then the year before that was one of the worst winters we've had in a long I time. So I think it was either 2013 or 2014. We had an absolutely brutal winter. We've, yeah, we had I a don't bad one here. Like you, uh, as a truck driver, I was catching yeah. the, you know every bad part of it too. It was bad. We got down to negative 38 that year. I don't even know what the temperatures got with. I know that there was so much ice buildup on the roads and it was so cold that the salt wouldn't melt it. Yep. And it was just like big potholes in it. So you had, you can only drive like 20 or 30 mile an hour tops on an interstate because they couldn't even get the ice off the interstates. It was so bad. It was bad. And that's the year we lost our two, our peach trees. Really? It yeah, that cold, cold them. could wow. not do that cold. We did it. We were cold like that. We were negative. We were in negative digits for like three weeks in a row. Mm, wow. Just even during the day. It was just brutal. I've yeah. never remember a winter like that before. So we'll see a winter like that. You probably ought to mulch your garlic really good. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's coming. I, hopefully. But, but, a good layer, but you know what? A good layer of snow actually helps protect. Um yeah. Garlic yeah. and stuff that's in the ground as well. So it can, if you have snow a lot of snow, for sure. Yeah. Snow can actually help if, if, it's, if it's cold, but you got a lot of snow, you should still be okay. Um, okay. So you get through the winter and it's springtime. Now you can start reaping a little bit of the rewards of your garlic. What do you get first? If you've got hard neck garlic, you have your scapes. You got your scapes. We love our scapes. I don't know. Do you do a lot with the scapes? Made, um, yes. We make pesto. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I just love chopping it up and just dropping it on everything for a little bit of garlic taste. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just dump it in all the dishes, you know, that's how we use a lot of it. Or, um, well we do it with, yeah, I didn't, this year I made oil with the scapes. Really? Tell yeah. me about that a little bit. What do you, so uh, I just, um, infused olive oil or okay. infused, uh, lard with yeah. it and you just heat it up the olive oil i try not to heat my olive oil too hot but with mm-hmm. the lard you can heat it a little bit more and it just infuses it and wow. it's just oh so good okay yeah that's interesting yeah. that might be something to try yeah we like the we like the scapes i mean they're easy to, to to pick and use and you know you can leave some of them out there especially if you're trying to get seed like you're doing because right. it will it'll create the bulbul um and that is where that would come off of yeah i never let it go that far so i don't know it, it comes yeah. off the scape yeah mm-hmm. um yeah, so yeah, y'all on the hard neck. Um, so you let that go. Uh, like I said, it never makes it because I pick all mine. <laughs> I just let a few of mine go to the yeah uh, this year. But you do that, and you should do that. You should if unless you're letting some go to seed, you should get the scape off. Yes, because, because it actually will put that energy into the bulb more. Yeah. So it's actually good to go ahead and pick those and use them. Even if you're not going to use them, just go ahead and pick them anyway. Um, and get those uh get those off there. But you do that as soon as they start curling down. You can wait till they curve downward and they're ready to right. they're ready to pick and they'll be nice and tender at that point. Now if they curl all the way, they start actually getting kind of tough. They are. They're and you hard. don't want them at that point. Yeah. Yeah, they get pretty hard. 
Yeah. So that, there's a kind of a prime time there to pick them for eating. Um, okay. It's time to har- harvest your garlic a couple months later. How do you harvest yours? Usually I just dig it up. <laughs> you, you dig them? Do you pull them or will they pull um, out? Is your soil loose I, enough to just give them a My yank? soil's pretty loose. Yeah. I find mine starts getting a I little bit compacted by then. I will, um, I will take a garden fork and just yep. kind of. That's how I do it too. Yeah. yeah. I'll just kind of go along them and give it a little pop and then it loosens yep. the soil enough that I can just pull them out. I love hearing that though. It's like that little, it's like yeah. when you're canning jars ping. I love yeah. It's like a little pop sound. Yeah. Garlic pop. Yeah. You're um, absolutely right. Yeah. And then I just brush them off really good. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. wash them. I guess I should ask you, how do you know when they're ready to pick? For me, I'm not as good about this. This year I picked mine a little bit late, but I do yeah. when some of the leaves at the bottom start to turn yeah. yellow. About the lower two or four leaves start browning yep. or turning turning from green to yellow brown yep. yeah they're ready to pick uh ready to harvest um you can wait a little bit longer but again you don't want to wait you don't want to leave it in there too long well they'll start what i last year i left mine in a little too long and um they start to actually come apart yeah yeah they'll do yep. well, yeah because they're going that's how they would expand and spread and yeah. grow more bulbs right yep. um but yeah get them out of there about the time those lower leaves start t- changing color yeah they're ready to pop Give the old yeah. fork a pop and, and get I them out of there. Mine cure in my basement for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And that's all hard neck variety. Yeah, I do that even with my leeks. <laughs> Elephant garlic. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually I bring them into my basement and I lay them on there. I don't have a great setup. I need to get you know I've seen these beautiful setups people have for their garlic yeah. and onions and. I need to do something like that. I actually just, I just put them on a tray or I have yeah. shelves that I use for my seeds starting actually that uh-huh. have grates on them and I just lay them sideways and they get lots of airflow. I have a yeah. uh, section of my uh, grape vineyard um, that has chicken wire over the top of it. Okay. Uh, that- not because I was, it's just because I didn't want the, the vines coming down right there. Cause I wanted to be able to walk through that section. So I put chicken wire across there just to kind of keep the, the the big vines from falling down there because i like to get under there and do things i have like a i actually have a vermicomposting bin that i made out of an old bathtub up under there and i want to oh. be able to access it so i the chicken wire kind of holds up the grapevines over that part of the arbor and i will and a big part of it's kind of open so i'll take it and i cut and leave about you know there. a few inches of the of the stem the neck mm-hmm. on and i just stick them that neck down inside that chicken right. wire and leave That's the bulb up do. Yeah, yeah yeah and let them dry there and i'll just leave them there because it's kind of shaded but it, yeah so it's not out in the direct sun and it gets a nice draft through there and it's kind of semi-protected from like rain or whatever right and so it it dries them real nice right there. So I just layer yeah, all of them. That's why I there. bring yeah. mine in is because I don't have anywhere to keep them. Like I don't have an mm-hmm. overhang on a porch or anything to keep them yeah. dry from rain. Yeah. If I did, yeah. I would leave them outside. But yeah, you could make something out yep. of out of some fence or wire or something yep. and just kind of rack them like that. Or you can just lay them out on something that's going to give them good airflow. You want them to yep. have a good airflow and dry really good. And that neck will actually dry. I mean, that's what you're trying to do is dry that neck. That's how you kind of tell. Um, yeah. How do you know when yours are cured? I just, I'm not scientific about it. Okay. <laughs> I just, just, when they start, when I can touch them and they, the paper starts to okay. come off easy, yeah. I know they're probably cured, but I also don't try to braid mine like you do. It usually takes about four weeks here. Yeah. You if have to I leave tried them to braid them, I'd probably weeks. be more scientific about it because you obviously wouldn't want them. You'd want I, them I actually seen, dry. I actually watched yeah. a video and it helped me kind of know when they're ready. And I guess if you take the neck. And you kind of roll it between your fingers 
And if it just feels like there's any moisture in there at all, that they're, uh, they need to dry yeah. a little bit longer. But if they're completely dry, like that neck is completely dry right there, as you roll it between your fingers, it'll feel crunchy and dry. They're ready. Yeah. See, I put mine in my seedling racks, which I don't use for a long time. And they, I just leave them there for a couple of months. And by the time I get to them, they're very dry. Mm-hmm. Yep. And for the soft neck, especially leaving the leaves on, gives you and something you to braid. braid yeah. Yeah. And I, I, it's just fun to do. You know, we like and when I know it. that mine really are cool. dry, I trim off some of the roots. Yes. You can clean them yeah. up at that point. If you want, yeah. it doesn't hurt to leave, leave them kind of covered. It, it actually probably helps a little bit with the storage. If you leave them a little bit dirty and leave them, yeah. you know, uh, as whole as you can, uh, because I find it works out perfect. Like I said, we grow enough. We probably don't eat as much garlic as you do. It sounds like it sounds like you guys use a lot of it. Um, but uh, we don't need that much, really. I mean, by the time we're out of the hard neck, the soft neck is ready to use, and it lasts us until we get our next crop. So, How many do you grow? Do you know how much you grow? I fill up two beds. I fill up one and a half with uh, hard neck and four by eight beds. One and a half of them are, and I take a half a bed of soft neck. So okay i what a hundred probably a hundred hard neck and See, you grow as much 50, as i grow yeah 50 soft I neck buy probably. some on top of what i grow because i can't grow enough yet and it's enough for us yeah it's enough yeah. for us to last our whole year plus i use some of those for seed too even yeah i don't grow so, enough yet for that yeah I because ferment. we don't eat it we don't eat it as much as you obviously yeah but yeah because i ferment usually every year i ferment a gallon of it to last yeah i would say winter yeah, I bet we only maybe grow maybe 30 or 40 of the soft neck and probably a little over, a, probably 120 hard necks. I'm like, if I'm sitting there thinking about it more accurately, plus yeah. I'll plop them around the yard, but I usually don't harvest those the same way. Cause I think, of, I think yeah. of them more for pest control as companion plants and things right. like that. Um, but yeah, I have more, I don't waste it. If I got extra seed, I don't, I, I don't waste it. I plop it somewhere. <laughs> I'm bad, but you know, that's the thing too. You can actually grow garlic in pots. I mean, people yeah. do, uh, try, uh, they're, they don't, they're, they're shallow rooted. So you can grow them in a pretty small, uh, pot. Really. I see people growing them in trays that are probably like eight inches deep in these It'd wooden box trays they make for and an indoor herb garden. If you were never you grew them indoors, but I don't see any reason why you couldn't honestly, yeah. Yeah. or even, yeah. Yeah. I, I think you could grow them indoors, especially soft neck varieties that didn't yeah, need to be soft neck for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. So I, I love it because it's a, it's one of them plants that kind of checks all the permaculture boxes. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's got all these great uses, culinary health uses, companion plant for pests and, you know, and, and, and fungal itself. stuff and what it clones itself, clones itself. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like this perfect permaculture plant really, which is why I love having it on my property. It's one of the reasons, but it's just got a lot of uses and especially culinary. Now you're, you sent over some, uh, you put some links in for some, uh, a few things like some recipes or, or ways yeah. to store. What was that oh, exactly? Yeah. yeah. the Yeah. It's a roasted one. And what was the other one? You sent a couple, didn't you? A comfy, comfy one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, comfy have you, is have you done some of those? Yeah. Okay. I've done all of them. Comfy okay. is one of my favorite ways to cook, um, lots of things, but yeah, you just cook it in fat. Oh really? And it just, yeah. And then you can use that fat. So you roast it slowly and fat, and then you can use that as like a salad dressing. So it's basically like a, a garlic flavored. Yeah. It gives oil, it a really strong. Kind of what flavor. it comes out to. Yeah. yeah. And awesome. then you can put that, you know, and you just store it in your refrigerator and you can use it on salad or now if you're using 
typically when you make comfy, you use lard. So if you put it in your refrigerator, it's going to get hard, but yeah. Yeah. And then we do the roast, we do infused garlic oil. Uh Um, we make that we've made it for gifts for people. What do you do? The, the fermented garlic recipe. What do you do with that? that? How do you, how do you do that? I mean, do you just, uh, that is what I save for when I use it more medicinally. I just yeah. eat, I will grind it up. <clears throat> like if I have a sore throat or if I'm stuffed up because garlic can be spicy. How do you get it to ferment? I mean, do you have to add anything? Oh, ferment. So you peel it like you would. And then I do the whole clove mm-hmm. and I use a salt water brine. Okay. Just ferment it. Just like sauerkraut it like almost yep. like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That'd be interesting. Okay. I see you got the, the link to, uh, to how to do that, a recipe for that, right. Yep. On how to do that. So they will check that out. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Now, how much does well, it change the flavor profile of that once you ferment it? I don't feel like it changes the flavor that much, but it mm-hmm. changes the texture. Okay. Okay. Um, interesting. Texture is a little bit more rubbery or whatever, but usually when I, use fermented garlic because if you cook it you're gonna lose a lot of the benefits of right right yeah so usually i will just grind that up and that's what i'll use i'll eat it with like some raw honey or Mm. um mostly for medicinal or like i feel like i'm getting a cold or i have a sore throat or yeah okay great but if you i don't know what else I mean, when it comes to me, it's just pretty most much. Most people don't eat just raw garlic. Yeah, eat. most people don't. And for me, it's yeah. purely like we just take the cloves and chop them up and drop them in dishes. I mean, it's it's right. not complicated in this household at all. That's well, how anything we use you could it. use regular garlic for. You yeah. could use that. For yeah, it. yeah. If you cook it, you're probably going to lose the fermented. We'll make garlic well. powder. Yeah. You know, I'll dry it really good. Put it in the dryer. Really get it good and dry. Right. Grind it uh, in the blender and make powder out of it. Um, yeah, and we that. use a lot of that too, but I've never made my own because I haven't had enough extra yet. Yeah, so we do that, and that's about it. That's about all we do with it. But we just use a lot of it. Like I say, I say a lot of it because it doesn't take a lot to flavor a dish. Yeah, and I don't feel like I use that a lot, but I guess maybe I do. <laughs> if you're growing as much as me, I, mean, and, I eat. I eat a lot of. Like it. I said, we're. I'm taking a lot. I mean, I only grow that much because I use. I want to. Right take the cloves to replant a lot of them. Right. Um, but half of that probably is going back the to garlic seed. and honey though, man, that is sounds good. Never really had good. it like that, but it sounds good. Yeah. I think it's really good, but yeah. <laughs> got me wanting to try some of this stuff. I'm going to try the fermented. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, you can like, do that just a small jar. But plus, I'm always looking for the, the, the gut health qualities of anything fermented right. because you yeah. know, my past with, with gut cancer and stuff. And, you know, I'm always looking for anything that, you know, has that, quality fermented foods are just great for your gut they are well and garlic is so good for i mean when i was looking at stuff i mean garlic is supposed to be good for anti-cancer properties so you Mm -hmm. combine that with the ferment you know and it's supposed to be really really good for your gut yeah Um, yeah that's what i've always heard too alone not even ferments but yeah garlic alone sure yeah and we try to try to eat anything that I think is good for that. I try to get in my body somewhere right, or another yeah. in some, some fashion. Uh, well, I think that's pretty much it. And of course, once you harvest, you take their clothes that are dried and you put back some for seed, if that's what you're going to plant with the next year and use the rest, like we're talking about using, and then to start the cycle all over again. And it's, like I said, it's just like that. It's one of them closed loop plants that you can buy it once really. And then always have it. If you take the time to, to collect it and do the things with it. Um, 
So, you know, it's just a great plant. And I'm telling you between that and radish, those two plants would make you feel like the best gardener in the world. Cause you can't mess up either one of those really. I, okay. But I can't grow radish. <laughs> you can grow anything, but you can't grow radish. What's up with I that? I can't seem to get them the, I think I have, I don't know. I just have not been able now, to. Now if I plant them too home. late, they'll bolt pretty fast. But as far as, yeah. you know, Mine are growing like woody and nasty man. and I don't know. See now, but here's the thing with radish. I like the seed pods more than I like the radish. Oh, do you ever eat the seed pods? I've never. I love it when they bolt and they put all these little green seed pods, and those things are fantastic. I drop a dozen of those in a salad every time I eat a salad because they're just great. You get them when they're when they're young. Uh, Once they start getting kind of you know bit more mature, closer to where they're going to start producing the seed inside, they get really woody or tough. But when they're just popped out and fresh and real small boy they are delicious they have a little bit of that radish flavor i mean they have a little bit of the heat but not quite as much and they're just super super good i love them and i know people pick them radishes Um, i keep trying yeah you can pickle those and do all kinds of stuff with them and pretty good stuff i just love Mm -hmm. i just love dropping them on a salad i mean there's great get a little spice to your salad good stuff i don't know how i got sidetracked on radishes that's why i was gonna say that's yeah (laughs) We could be sidetracked on all this stuff. Yeah, now. we always do. Uh, I did want to pop in. There was a couple of questions this week in the, uh, oh, was there? the front porch, not necessarily for the podcast, but I just right. thought maybe we would we tackle can... them if you yeah. wanted to see if you had any insight on. Somebody asked, and uh, nobody has answered her yet, actually. Uh, Kayla, uh, our strawberries are seriously thriving and we want to make them a vertical garden uh along the garage in the spring does anyone have any uh setups that would work well um vertical gardening with strawberries you ever done any of that no well the closest thing i have is i have a pot my daughter made it's one of the strawberry pots where Mm -hmm. there there's holes in it yeah 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 those are vertical um, yeah you can make those out of barrels i've seen people take those right yeah and so that's what you're talking about like a garden tower yeah, yeah, and okay. So that's what yeah. I'm thinking. Those are great for, for that. Something um, like that. Is growing up, if you're putting them up, like layering them in rows, gutters. I've seen people grow um, strawberries yeah. in gutters and put like gutter systems and layer them on a fence or a wall and grow the strawberries out of those. And those work really, really well too. So that's a pretty cool way to because strawberries are so shallow rooted. It doesn't they take are. a deep yep. pot. You can like say you can take a gutter and fill them with soil, and it's just a little hard to water them. The problem with growing anything vertically is they tend to dry out pretty they fast. They dry out so fast. Yeah. So dries out so fast. If it's not something you can pay a lot of attention to and keep an eye on it and really always be checking that, it's actually not the best way to grow things. With the caveat, if you're doing aquaponics, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can grow stuff like I've that with aquaponics. Some, yeah. So one of our pastors has a really cool aquaponics system that like is on timers and everything and it's mm-hmm. inside and he's got lights on it. Yeah. You could grow crazy strawberries. My, my indoor, the one I do with the fish tank, I sent you a picture of it. Um, I actually yeah. done on timers and it does a timer thing and it overflows back and it does everything and it kicks on once an hour for just a few minutes right. and does a circulation and does all that. And it works really, really, really good. So yeah. yeah. And strawberries work great in aquaponics. So it's something right. that grows really good. But and his, his was a tower that actually had casters on it. You could roll it inside yep. and outside. Yeah, I've seen those, and, um, yeah. 
you could probably grow great strawberries. Strawberries are, they do grow in, in garden towers really good. And like I said, you can do a DIY one out of like those plastic yep. barrels. I've seen people make the cuts and you take like a heat gun and yeah, pull those down pull and make out. the, and then you can fill it up. Yeah. With soil. You can even put a pipe in the middle and, and I've seen this too. And people will run like vermicomposting or just scraps yeah. down the pipe for the, to, to feed the soil around the when edge. I went down, we went down to Virginia last year and we stopped at Polyface Farms. They had a huge uh, 55 gallon barrel that they had done exactly that yep. with add herbs in it. Yeah. You can do some pretty neat stuff with like that. So it's just a couple of ideas I've seen personally uh, yep. people growing strawberries vertically with using gutters or using the grow towers or things like that. Uh, it's, it, it yeah. works well. I just, you got to be careful with the, the moisture uh, because like I said, they dry out so fast. Yeah, I think if I was going to do it in soil on a raised bed, I would have something on a timer. Yeah, probably. Like a water good idea. On a timer. Yeah. Or yeah, if you had a drip irrigation system running through yeah. it and a timer, yeah, it would work great. But th- those would be my hints. I guess if I was going to try to grow strawberries vertically like that, I have done some herbs like that. Uh, had a gutter set up on my fence one time and grew a few herbs like that. But again, I had to really, I've got a bad habit of, I got so much going on. I got a bad habit of forgetting about things and I don't use drip irrigation for that. Yeah, I can't with how we have, with, we have to water from lake water in it. There's too much sediment, but the, um, we have, uh, I have a lot of grow bags, which I love the idea of them, but they have to be watered. Yeah. So much. Again, so, maybe I watered yeah. my grow bags too much, but uh, I have potatoes right. in there. So I don't know, uh, but they didn't do great in there. So yeah, but there are, it's a different, so many people have great success with grow bags and I'm not saying you can't, I think you can just be careful what you grow in them and, and know how to grow in them. And it probably just takes a little bit of practice and experience like anything yeah. to, uh, to have the best crop you can have, you know, um, with that. Um, so what was the other question? I'm scrolling to see if I can find <laughs> it uh, right now. Ugh, I don't know. Uh, don't know if I'm going to find it. Um, oh, somebody asked about health insurance. Uh, they're doing, oh. you answered that actually. You actually posted an answer. Well, I that. answered a little bit of it. Yeah. I, have, I have a lot of experience with one of those. Um, we went to a very small church and our pastor and several people had Samaritans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a health mom, share program. Yeah. My mom yeah. had yeah. had it for, I don't know, 15 years as well. And that's a health share. So it's not insurance. Right. Um, but most uh, states accept that equal to insurance. Some states don't though. Yeah. They say they accept it as the exemption where you're. Yeah. Right. And some states won't um, though. Yeah. But I know there's. So that one's a religious one. I know there's several of them now. There's some that aren't um, religious. I have in nature. another friend yeah. for the life of me. I cannot think of what the name of the insurance is, but I have a friend that uses one. that's not a religious one, but it's a, yeah. But then somebody else also answered that, you know, you can go through the, what do they call it? The marketplace. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Dr- yeah. Um, when we've checked into yeah. that, at least for us and it's for expensive. my mom, it was very expensive. It is. And, and the reality is if you're self-employed, uh, yeah. as a farmer or homesteader or whatever, and you're doing your own business, um, right. health insurance is a, is a real expense. And, uh, and, and honestly, there's really no cheap way to get actual health insurance. It's just expensive. Right. Um, well, you can go with, you can go with, if you're a really healthy person, you can go with higher deductibles and, and probably be okay. But, um, but well, uh, I used to work. So when I, when my kids graduated from homeschooling, I actually worked for a direct primary care office. Mm-hmm. 
And that is different than a doctor's office. It's kind of like a membership to a doctor. Yeah. And so you can do that and then have a very high deductible emergency care. I mean, it costs a ton of money just to walk into the emergency room. I mean, that's probably the most affordable way to do insurance as yeah. a self-employed person. Yeah. And, and then just looking into the health share programs are the probably the cheapest options. Yep. But even then, there's a lot of it doesn't work quite as seamlessly as an insurance. There's no. it's payback a lot of times. Like you got to pay up front and then they reimburse you. And I don't even know all the details on them, but I know yeah, that there's, would, there's some complications to it. Can my be. mom would get these crazy deals, but she's a businesswoman and she could talk. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, it's not as convenient as regular yeah. insurance. No, sure. it's definitely very um time intensive for the person that has it for a health yeah. share, at least from my experience, my mom doesn't have it now. She's older now and has Medicare, but, um, yeah. the, uh, what was I going to say? The other, oh yeah. A lot of those don't cover like prescriptions and physicals and stuff. Right. Right. You're still yeah. paying out of pocket with a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just a reality of, I, yeah. and I hate to even be go here, but it seems like there's a, a grand plan to, not have people be self-employed these days. It's like, it, it's like being an entrepreneur or a self-employed person. It's, it's like, it, there's many things are difficult. I um, mean, I think it's better in the long run to be that self, you know, reliant, self-sufficient and, uh, you know, be employed that way, even to let that carry out through your entire life, but they don't make it easy in a lot of ways. I mean, there's a they lot don't. of things. I mean, that, I'm self-employed. Yeah. I have, you know, I have a cleaning business. It's just me. I don't have employees. And um, yeah. I like it because of the flexibility. But it certainly is. They don't make it easy. There's I had my own trucking of, company for years, yeah, and it was a lot. a lot of headache to deal with. And my like mom that. was self-employed. Yeah. Has like most of my life, she was self-employed. I mean, it, it is a lot harder, but it makes it yeah. easier for me because my husband actually works for somebody, right. so he has the insurance. If you ever want to make a full transition, though, into a full but family of self-employed, it's tough. Family, it's tough. That is. I don't think it. I think it's worth it though if you can get there. Yeah. I think it's worth it, but it's tough and they don't make it Kudos easy on to you. you though, because it's definitely, I think, you know, you definitely work really hard to maintain that, especially when you consider the insurance. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's the only reason probably my husband hasn't started his own business is insurance. Yeah. It's a, it's a real expense. I mean, for yeah. a family insurance, I mean, you're talking probably over a thousand dollars a month just At for least. a decent insurance, you know, and yeah. Yep. Probably more than that. Uh, I think it, it's more than that. When we looked into it, it was. Yeah, it's pretty salty. I mean, I looked at it years ago when I had my own business, of course, and had it. But yeah, nowadays it's crazy. Ever since the whole Obamacare thing and all that stuff happened with mm -hmm. the, it really went up in price. It really went up in price. It, so It has gone up a lot. So, yeah. I mean, I'm hoping maybe other people in the group can chime in about that. Maybe yeah, I said, she had a you know? couple answers there of, of suggestions, yeah. but I don't know how, there's no great answer for that, but I just thought we'd yeah. tackle and a lot her of it a really little depends. bit. I mean, are you a really healthy person and you only go once a year? Yeah. I mean, if you, 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 could, if you, if you feel like, like that risk of having high deductibles and having insurance for what it truly is, something where you can't afford and it covers that, and you try to take care of doctor visits and prescriptions and all that yourself, maybe you can still get a pretty affordable uh, uh, right. deal or even use a, a health share program and be fine. But right. if you've got medical issues, you're probably going to want a good insurance. Well, and I mean, high deductible, what's high deductible? I, I mean, yeah. I can tell you from... <laughs> I mean, just walking Everything's in the yeah. emergency room is a few thousand dollars. So I went and had some blood work here a while back and it was hundreds <laughs> of dollars. I was like, what? I mean, I can't nice. remember how much it was now, but it was like 
$600 or $700 for some blood work or something. It's crazy. I was in the process of changing jobs. So I had to pay that. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Got me right yeah. in between it, man. I didn't even see it coming. We have, we have a high deductible insurance, but then we do get like, yeah. So it's bit us a few times. In yeah. The last yeah. Years. Uh, yeah. I don't have a great insurance where I work now. I, you know, I'm only working three days a week because I, I changed. I went from working, you know, six days a week, being on the road, working tons and tons of hours where I work pretty minimal amount of hours now and three days a week. And cause I'm doing other stuff now to compensate for that. We're doing some right. self-employment stuff that's working out pretty good. So, you know, we got that and um, yeah, so, but it's not the best insurance in the world either that I have at that business at this right. place. So, well, I think if that ever gets solved that you'll have a lot more entrepreneurs out there. Well, then they'll probably never it. solve it then. Cause I don't think they want that. Yeah, I don't <laughs> Uh, it's just something they're going to, yeah, people just, it's just something you have to add into your expenses and you got to think, okay, I got to make this much to replace my job. Well, you got to add that insurance in there on top of it. Cause it's a reality. Yeah. And don't, I mean, I guess I would say don't expect to replace if you work for somebody and you have good insurance, don't expect to be able to afford to replace it. You can, if you make enough money, but it just, yeah. you're going to think between you and your employer you could be spending a couple thousand dollars on that insurance. Right. And it might take that much extra to replace it. So is what you're going to do as an individual right. going to cover that, you know, above and beyond what you were making to cover the insurance. Yeah. So you got to think yes. about that. And some things, and you know, when you get in being an entrepreneur and you get, if you're successful at it, I mean, that, that, that could very well be the case. But homesteading keeps you pretty healthy too. So it can, it can, but you, you're actually can have accidents and things too, especially oh, yeah. farming. I mean, farming accidents are a real thing. I mean, things happen. Well, for me, gluten accidents. So <laughs> I say healthy, but then I was just working on my car this weekend and I can't really stand up. I'm so sore. So I don't oh, know if that's, yeah. that's just old age though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, it just takes gluten to send me to the hospital. So, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just the, the reality. Things happen, you know, for yeah. sure. Let's answer one more briefly real quick, and then we can kind of wrap it up. Uh, this person, uh, it was, oh, it was Kayla again. It was the same person. Uh, we have scrub olive trees. Did you see that post in there about the olive trees that were taking over no, their 40 acres? I did not acres? see that one. So it was the oh, autumn olive. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I did And they see have 40-acre pieces of land, and these trees were just taking over. And and they're a great permaculture tree. Autumn olives are actually a tree that it's highly desired in a permaculture uh, uh, farm, but they are pretty invasive too. And yeah, we so have them at our They're property. like, how do we keep them from taking over? And there were some suggestions, but there was one suggestion in there. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because somebody recommended like using, you know, glyphosate or whatever Roundup. on it. And I'm like, no, don't use Roundup on, on your yeah, property. I'm just I've against had- it. I, sorry, I can't ever say use that, you know, um, right. it'll kill it. But as a I cancer wouldn't. survivor, you don't. Ever I just, know. yeah, I'm, I'm so against yeah. it. I just, I can't possibly recommend that. And I would try a thousand other things before there I would ever so try that. Many. I mean, you can, and, like, and you, you recommended, and I recommended, if you can get somebody with goats, goats will eat it up. <laughs> They'll love Even it. Even if you only have the goats for a little while. Yeah, and you, you know? could, uh, you get you some temporary fencing and just kind of move it around and keep it around certain yeah. areas and just let them just tear it up. They'll, they'll I would do it. that, or I would be cutting it down. But I would be doing lots yeah. more things. I, I would be well, doing so many and things. So I made the suggestion. I yeah, I, I actually wrote a post a while back on my on my blog uh, on my blog of organic herbicides. Now they're not quite as strong as some of your commercial stuff, but they work pretty good. And there's some that work better than others, of course. But um, that I would cut 
personally, what I would try doing if I didn't want to use goats is I would cut them as low to the ground as I could yep. cut them. And then I would go in with one, some of these organic herbicides. And I would just try to find the strongest ones and spray that area with those organic herbicides. Um, go that route before I would ever think well, about nitrogen fixers. Yeah, they are. The, the plants are great themselves, but they are invasive. They can, oh, yeah, they, are. they can yeah, definitely we have, spread. We um, have an issue with them here. Well, do you really? Okay. A lot of property. Yeah. A lot yeah, of places yeah. have a lot of them and, um, yeah, great berries, very nutritious. I mean, they're, they're actually a good plant. To they're have. really tart. They have a really big seed. That's my one complaint mm-hmm. about them. The seeds very big and you get very little fruit out of them, but they're really good. So, I mean, we're probably going to cut a few of ours down and just keep cutting them and cutting them and cutting them until they don't come back. Until you get some goats. <laughs> I guess I would actually like goats. So. Yeah. They'd be fun to, to use on something like that. But again, it takes some work too. They're a whole nother challenge. So you go from the challenge yeah. of having you know, autumn olives <laughs> to the challenge of having goats. Because I grew up with some goats, and they are definitely a challenge. Keeping them fenced, <laughs> but you can keep it now. And here's the thing about invasive stuff too: if if you do want to move your taking care of property into that area, once you cut them flush or get them out of the ground or whatever, cut them down low. And if you just continue to mow, if you're bush hogging yep. and mowing, and you know it's it's they can't grow if you're mowing every week or two. You know they can't go any do anything. Right, and well, that's what you could be the goat. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're keeping it. You go it in and you just down. mow it and mow Absolutely. it and mow it. And eventually they will give up. Yeah, it's yeah. Take they, a while, but. Unless you got goji berries, then they'll never give up. <laughs> but have you tried goats? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. I've not tried mowing, cutting them every week either. Honestly, if you did that, they would die. If you just yeah, kept, them, if you kept them cut to the ground level, you know, a couple, three or four inches high every other week or something, they're going to die eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, that's, I mean, if I didn't have goats and I didn't, I don't personally want any sprays anywhere near any yep, of my neither. stuff. I would probably mow, 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 mow or brush hog. Yeah. Yep. Me too. That's what I would do. So that's, that's my answer. There's probably some other answers out there, but that's the way I would go about it. If I didn't, you know, goats or just cutting down low last case scenario, herbal uh, or organic. Yeah. And depending on how much the property, how much property there is, I mean, that could cost a lot of money. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. as far as spring roundup or something, I I just, I wouldn't go there and it's teach their own, but I mean, yeah. it's something that I would avoid at all costs. I would rather be just my property completely taken over before I go there. I um, would rather to, I just don't, I don't. It's such a problem in this world right now with the with the this this dead soil. It's killing the soil. It's the runoffs getting into all of our water systems. It's just it's such a huge problem that I could just never justify it. I just can't. I don't. I personally don't think we even have any idea yet the ramifications of the long term effects. I think you're right too. I think the 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 water systems and the the saturations in the grounds are just. Yeah. And yeah, what we're getting it. I mean, what we're getting it in or what they're finding traces of it in all the water now. And yep. I mean, it's just, it's such a horrible thing. I just, anytime we, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, that's just me. Yeah. So as far as that suggestion goes, I, I disagree with that suggestion. So yeah, that's where I'm at. So, well, we'll just wrap it up. I think that we covered garlic pretty good and there's some stuff we knew about some stuff we don't. Like I said, we're no. not seed, we're not growing from seed yet. So there's no, things about not. that we don't know. And, um, there's aspects of it that it's just going to depend on your homestead, where you're at, what you're doing, your soil, your microclimates, everything on when you plant it, when you harvest it, how you do it. But 
that's our experience and it works pretty good. So for where we're, we're still at. learning lots, yep. like, just like yep. everybody else, there's but probably somebody out there that they have a garlic farm and they could tell us everything. <laughs> and, and you know what, what we lack in uh, educating people, I hope we can at least inspire them to try it. <laughs> exactly. So because we do think it's worth growing for sure. Uh, if you're not growing it, it's something you should grow probably. Yeah. Uh, you find a use for it. And so even if you don't like the taste of it, I mean, it's got other, other value. So yeah. it's, it's worth having on your homestead for sure. So I think that's it. Anything you want to add? No, nope, I don't think so. All right. Well, we'll do this again next week. And until then folks, happy homesteading and God bless. And grow where you're planted. <laughs> All right. <laughs>